The Lord be with you. And with A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, o Lord. When the days for Jesus' being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there, but they would not welcome him because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. Into another he said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered, Let the dead bury their dead. But you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to my family at home. To him Jesus said, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. This week there was released an interview that happened several months ago that many people have kind of been kind of eagerly anticipating. It was an exchange of the better part of two hours between Bishop Robert Barron, a man of great faith, uh, auxiliary bishop in Los Angeles, who himself has a, a rather impressive kind of online presence trying to reach out and, and to share the good news, especially with those who oftentimes um, are not coming to church, you know, to be able to, to wrestle with real-life issues with them. And he does it in a, a rather impressive fashion. And he began and he spoke with uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, a behavioral psychologist who has become known in the past couple of years, uh, partly for political things, uh, but simply because he's a man who speaks about truth and goodness and beauty. And so these two uh, great minds got together to basically just sit down and talk with each other. And they began talking about the things of faith and they began talking about the, the reality of, of the difficulty of human life, that 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 things oftentimes are burdensome. And in the midst of this, they were speaking about the, the, the personal aspect of faith, of, of, of the choice to be a Christian. And Dr. Peterson, who himself is not fully professed as a Christian, he's a man of faith, he studies the Bible and these kinds of things, he, he told Bishop Aaron, he said, you know, I, I, I'm reluctant to, um, to give myself to Christianity yet at this point. I'm reluctant to, to fully profess my faith in Christ and everything that has been said. He said, because that's not something I would take lightly. I would not take professing faith lightly because, speaking to Bishop Aaron, he says, because, because you people, you have a lot of demands upon you. When you follow Christ, it costs you something. There are demands placed upon you, obligations placed upon you. Certainly you have responsibilities that you must maintain and continue to follow after. And you have great joy in the midst of it all. But he said, I, 
I don't want to make that decision lightly. When I choose to follow, I want to follow wholeheartedly. It's a beautiful thing that he was recognizing in the call to be a Christian. That to be a Christian, to to say, yes, I will follow Christ. It's not something one ought to make easily. It's not something you just kind of decide, you're like, yeah, I guess I'll follow Jesus. Yeah, it sounds good, you know, and you go do it. No. Oftentimes, as we hear all throughout the readings today, it is something that is a weighty decision. And rightly so. In our readings, we come upon these rather vivid and, and kind of, at least in the gospel, kind of shocking responses of the Lord. It starts with Elisha the prophet. Elijah, the great prophet of old, has come and he has come to select his successor, the one that God has chosen. Elisha, the great prophet, who is, who is of course, his successor. And so Elijah comes and he does a strange thing. He lays his cloak upon him. He's basically saying, like, mine, what's, what what's, what's, was mine is yours now. He's kind of placing his authority upon him. It was a call that Elisha, the prophet, knew immediately, this is, this is the call of the Lord. Let me, let me go, at least let me go kiss my parents goodbye. Let me tell them bye. And Elijah's response is kind of interesting. He said, did I, did, I mean, go. Like, did I, did I do anything to you? He's not saying I didn't, he's not saying I didn't call you. He's saying, I can't force you to do anything. The call of the Lord is given. What you do, what you do that's on you. If you respond, good. If not, that's on you. I haven't done anything to you. I haven't forced you. I've called you. I've invited you. And with that, Elisha, by the grace of God, makes the decision to turn and fulfill the will of the Lord. And he does so in dramatic fashion. You know, we're told, uh, again, every detail in the scripture is important for us. Elisha the prophet is driving behind 12 yoke of oxen. In other words, the man's got money. He's not got like one pair of oxen that are halfway dragging behind getting the, the fuel plow. He's got 12 yoke of oxen. He's doing it, and he's doing it in style. And he takes every one of those oxen, and he slaughters them on the spot. He takes all the stuff of his plow, all the, the, you know, the, the yokes, all the wood from the plow, and he uses it to light the fire to be able to consume it all. In other words, what, Elijah, what Elisha is saying is, I'm following the Lord, and I have nothing to go back to. The oxen, slaughtered. The plows, burned. My people, fat and happy, they're going to find a new job. I have no backup plan. Lord, let's go. That's what's happening with Elisha the prophet. A complete and a radical trust in the call of God for it. But we know that sometimes whenever we receive this call, when a person receives a, a call to follow Jesus, when we make the decision to follow Christ, sometimes we waver a little bit. And that's what St. Paul in our second reading responds to. He's writing to the Galatians and he's saying, For freedom you were set free. Don't go back to the yoke of slavery. And he's saying that because they're tempted, and all of us are tempted, and we know it. How easy it is for us, whenever we choose to follow Christ, whenever we come up against a difficulty for us to kind of look back and go, I wonder what's there I can fall back on. What's left of plan B? 
Maybe there's some pieces of the plows and a, a random ox kind of walking around I can pull on, right? What's my backup plan? To which Paul encourages the Galatians and he encourages us, don't look back. Don't go back. Persevere. Continue to press forward. It's worth it. Don't let your, your fleshly desires consume you. Recognize your spirit has chosen and follow. Jesus shows us what this looks like in the gospel. St. Luke, you know, in year C, as we find ourselves in, in year C of the, the three-year cycle of readings, year C is the readings from St. Luke's gospel. And we're right about in the halfway point of it as we find ourselves here picking up an ordinary time. And it's an important piece. It's an important part that we read from the gospel today because it's the transition point of everything. Because up until this point in Luke's gospel, everything was kind of preparing the way. They were getting, they were getting, the, you know, getting the, the groundwork ready, getting prepared for the mission. Jesus was kind of you know, haphazardly, I mean, not haphazardly, he knows what he's doing, right? He's going from place to place to place. He's doing what he's doing. He's preaching, he's teaching, he's got miracles going on. All of this stuff is happening, but today something switches. Jesus goes into a different mode and he resolutely determines to journey to Jerusalem. And what's in Jerusalem? The cross. This is the moment where Jesus has done all of his work. And now he looks at his disciples and he says, it's time. Let's go. We're going to the cross. Several times he mentions it in the coming chapters, as we'll hear in the, in the weeks and months ahead. He's going to the cross. And he is resolutely determined to do the will of God. Nothing can stop him. He zigzags a little bit here and there, going from town to town. But he's heading to Jerusalem. Along the way, he starts to hear a few people that are going to follow him. Follow him to the cross, if he calls them, right? They have different responses. Some of the people that you know, Jesus sends out to go prepare the way, some of them said, not welcome. We, you're going to Jerusalem? In other words, parentheses, you're going to the cross? No, <laughs> I'm good. Thanks. Carry on. Right? Some people receive the Lord. But, you know, they, they, they want to follow Jesus, but, but you know, Lord, I'll follow wherever you go. You're not going to have any safety. Oh, well, in that case, uh, I'll be here whenever you need me uh, with my home. I'll be, I'll be in my home. Since you don't have one, you can borrow mine from time to time, Lord. You know, it's kind of a, uh, you know, it's I'm not willing to, to, to sacrifice everything yet. The Lord calls some and they said they're certainly willing to do it. But let me go take care of things first. Like, Lord, I will happily follow you, but I got stuff to do this week. How about, how about next week? You're good? I, I think I got some time on Thursday. Thursday, I should be good to be able to hang out with you, right? No. Like, the Lord says, okay, go do what you do. I can't force you. That's whenever the disciples are saying, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven? The Lord's saying, no, you, you can't force people to follow me. They have to choose. Because it has to be their will to follow the Father's will. If someone's being forced into it, that's not love. The Father desires to be loved. So the, the Lord never, never forces us to discipleship. He calls us. He invites us. And when he invites us, he lets us know ahead of time, this is going to hurt. 
This is going to cost something. This will be uncomfortable for you. You're going to have to trust me a lot. Far more than you're comfortable doing right now. But I'll give you the grace at that time. Don't worry. I'm with you. Trust me. There's glory in this. When the Lord Jesus comes, he bids us to follow after him. Every single one of us. Every one of us has received a call. Whether you heard the words, follow me, or you just received it by some other means, a conviction of heart, a call from a, call from a pastor, a call from a priest, a call from whoever it may be. Whatever it is, the Lord has called every single one of us, and he continues to call us deeper and deeper and deeper into this thing of discipleship. Do we do it perfectly? No. I would love to tell you that I've done discipleship perfectly, but I would be lying to you super bad right now. I've done discipleship rather poorly, let's be honest, to be honest with you. There are still things where the Lord's saying, Brent, follow me, and I'm going, ah, this hmm. I gotta think about that, Lord. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I want to buy in on that. Can I keep one ox? One ox is good, Lord. Just a little backup plan. Just, just a little extra. I mean, it doesn't have to be the whole thing, right? Yeah, like, even even my, myself, even consecrating my entire life to Christ, which is what a priest does, I still try to take a little bit for myself. I still wrestle with the Lord in being able to follow after his will. And every single one of us does it. The thing is not whether we do it perfectly. The thing is whether we pers- persevere in doing it. And this is 99.9% of the Christian life. Perseverance. Because none of us is perfect. But Christ is patient with us. And if we're willing to persevere, or if we're willing to get up as many times as we fall down, Christ will give us the grace to continue to walk forward. On the days where it becomes hard, when it costs too much, when it's easier to go back, when we don't have control, when we have no idea what's going on ahead of us, when everything seems unclear, muddied, confusing, Christ, in the midst of all of these things, says, follow me. Trust me. Have faith in me. When we choose to follow Christ... It comes at a cost. But in the moments where we have that cost placed before us, I would encourage you to remember and to say to yourself, either in your mind or even on your lips, the words of the responsorial psalm today. You are my inheritance, O Lord. Because as Jesus was walking resolutely to Jerusalem, as he was going, he was calling more to himself. He was preparing the way, preparing for more and more disciples to come. Because the simple fact is that Jesus Christ knew that when he got to the cross, he would offer his life. But after the cross, there will be resurrection. There will be glory. And by, the, by all of those sufferings that he endured, he would gain for God a multitude of sons and daughters. The inheritance of Christ in a real sense is you and me. And he remembered that as he walked on the way. Mindful of us, longing to have us with himself in heaven, to bring us to the Father. And in those moments where we find it difficult ourselves to be disciples, in those moments where our faith is stretched almost to the point of breaking, remember Christ. And say to yourself, 
You are my inheritance, O Lord. Even if I lose everything in this life, I know that I have even more in the life to come. As many oxen as we may slay here, we have a hundredfold awaiting us. And this is the promise of Christ. The call of discipleship is not to be taken lightly because it costs us something. It stretches us, but it's worth it. Because one day we'll be able to look upon the face of God and delight to see the inheritance, the fruits of our labors, that all the things that we're willing to offer to sacrifice, it was worth it because we have him.